Husbands, love your wives. It's laying yourself out there for your wives. Completely, totally, not holding anything back. We've been uh, talking about being a city on a hill. It's been the uh, uh, theme here of our messages. Pastor Tim's been walking through a a variety of uh, passages as we look to what it means to be a light in the dark world. And uh, we've looked uh, previously at uh, what that looks like in our friendships and relationships that way. We've looked at what it looks like as we respond to leadership in the church and in government and all around us there. We looked a couple weeks ago at what it looked like as, as parent to, to child there, being a light in the dark world. Last week was uh, what it looks like for a godly wife. And we're going to continue here in Ephesians 5, pick up where we left off last week as we see what it looks like to be a godly husband husband as well. So I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 5. We're going to start in verse 25. You can turn there now if you like. <clears throat> just want to just mention that, uh, man, this is uh, just a, a, a great passage. And while it's on the subject of the husband-wife relationship, you're going to see here that it, it is a great passage of worship as we see how Jesus loves us. And the relationship that Jesus has as, as the groom to his bride, the church, and how he shows his love towards us in, in many different ways there. And then we see that then to be modeled out then by husbands as well. And so you may be a husband here today, and this is for you. And you may not be a husband here today, and and still this is for you because we can see how we can be worshiping Jesus Christ through this. And so uh, excited to be walking through this here together. If you're taking notes here, point number one is this, a godly husband will love his wife sacrificially. A godly husband will love his wife sacrificially. Let's start in verse 25. It says, husbands... Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So we're going to jump right in here. Paul, just, man, just start off with this command, this sentence here. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her. Husbands here. We're going to see, and there's going to be some referencing as we go back from, from this Ephesians passage, all, back all the way to, to creation and the, the sixth day of creation when we see uh, in Genesis chapter 1 and, and in chapter 2. We see this first address to, to husbands. Genesis 1 says, and, and God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. Just on a side note. We, we do, we, we see two genders, guys. No more, no less. Um, you know, we, we live in so often, you see, in, in so many different areas, so many different issues where everything is driven by feelings and how I feel in the moment. And, and feelings are a part of things, but, but, but we don't live by our feelings, we live by the facts. And we see that God created Male, female, he brought them together, the husband-wife relationship. It was integral and a part of the start of creation in what God intended. And then we see the joining then in the family. Talk about being a light into the dark world. We're going to see this, that no greater light than seeing what a godly home looks like in a husband-wife relationship. We see husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. 
So love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. The, the word love there, and, and this passage may be familiar for many, maybe it's a, it's a common one at, at weddings and, and other areas they're talking about marriage, and, and so there might be some familiarity with that. That's great, uh, and yet, but don't lose sight on the significance of this passage. Husbands, as we love our wives, the, the word love there is that, that word agape, It's that self-sacrificing, sacrificial love uh, of sacrificing yourself. And and so Paul uses that word, husbands love agape, your wives, and then he gives an actual example of it as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Christ gave himself for the church. How did he do that? Well, he gave himself totally and completely by giving his life for the church. By, by being willing to be the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, living a perfect life, being fully God and fully man, and then dying for our sins, ra- raising in the, on the third day and at the right hand of the Father so that we can have salvation, so that we can spend eternity with God in heaven. And so he gave himself, he gave totally, completely, freely. It's that sacrificial care, provision, love. Guys, the idea here, we're just jumping right in here with both feet as we look at the role of the husband. Husbands, love your wives. It's laying yourself out there for your wives. Completely, totally, not holding anything back. We see a parallel passage here. Colossians chapter three, verse 19 says, husbands love your wives and, and do not be harsh with them. Do not be harsh with them. As a, uh, there are another as a sister passage here Paul also wrote. And it's something that, that as we love our wives, as we're, as we're giving sacrificially understanding, just guys, be careful how we even talk to our wives. Yeah, I know so many times with familiarity and things, it's so often there and it's something even early on in our marriage would get me in trouble sometimes because um, she's my wife. She, she's not my buddy. She, she's not one of the guys. And uh, so many times I'd say things, it'd be flippant, it would be uh, teasing, it would be uh, just kind of rougher, it'd be things that, that maybe uh, just you know, chatting and, and going back and forth with the guys and wouldn't think anything of it, but yet it would be things that would be very hurtful and harmful to her. We're wired differently, men and women. Don't be harsh with, be careful how we talk to our wife. I'll never forget one time early on in marriage, and I, and I said something, I don't even remember what I'd said or done, and, 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 but, but Tiffany had said, she said, how would you feel if I said that to you? And I said, well, it wouldn't bother me a bit. The truth was it wouldn't. The bad part of that was, but it did her. But it was hurtful to her. Totally had missed it. Be careful how we talk with her a lot. Sacrificial love, not being harsh. Verse 26, that he might sanctify her. He says, as Christ gave himself for the church, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. That he might sanctify. Here we see Christ and the church where he's taking the church and the sanctifying. That he might set the church apart. That's what that word sanctify means, to be set apart. That he might sanctify her, 
having cleansed her by the washing of water and the word. By, by cleansing her with the word of God, the gospel message. Romans 9, 10, if we admit and believe that Jesus died on the cross, admitting our sin and confessing him as Lord, the gospel message, and really even all of that as it's wrapped up in the, the truth of Scripture. And so the idea there is, is what Jesus does with, with the church is he is just constantly washing the church with the word of God. And that, that washing of water gives the idea of just bathing in it. Just saturating your, yourself in that and how he just keeps washing us with the God's word, the truth of God's word, the teachings of God's words, the answers to everything there is to life and godliness that's contained in scripture that we see here, Second Peter 1 talks about. And so set apart in the cleansing of the, of the water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. That he might present the church to himself in splendor. So that as we're working through in this whole sanctifying work and all this taking place here in this time now, that the day will come when, when we see there in heaven where the marriage supper of the Lamb, we see the, where the, the groom that is Christ, the bride, the church is reunited. Then we walk down, the church can walk down like a bride coming down, the magnificence and, and all of the splendor that takes place here that we see modeled out in our, in our marriage ceremonies. And just that beautiful, without blemish, without spot, without defect. And goes on, that she might be holy and without blemish. That she might be holy, called, cleansed, set apart. The sacrifice that it impacts the other person in a, in a positive way. And so really we're seeing here this as, as what's going to take place here with, with the church to Christ and we see the, the interaction as, as Christ loves the church, as he loves on us. Then the example is then set for us as husbands then. So we should love our wives. So we should be bathing them in the word of God and, 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 and all that we can to foster their relationship as well. Our goal is to love our wives and impact our wives so much that they're just rocked by it. So that they're improved, that they're better off with us here. Just loving them in such a way that it makes it so easy for them to, to then respect us and to, for them to follow our leadership as well. It's not even hard because they know and trust that love. It's the love that, that Christ has for us and models for us. Verse 28, in the same way, just like what we see with Christ and his love for us and setting us apart, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own body. Now, there is an, an implied truth to this, right? Don't even need to say it that we're just gonna naturally love ourselves. Am I right, guys? We're gonna naturally just have a self-protection, a care. Let's see, the last time one of you guys got sick, should we ask the rest of the family? 
Anybody maybe have a tendency to, oh, I don't know, maybe kind of baby themselves when they're not, feel, not feeling so good, right? We naturally care for, we naturally want to protect, we naturally want to, man, I, I, sometimes I feel bad for my wife, the, the moaning and groaning and whining and complaining that she hears every morning when I get out of bed with all the creaks and everything that's going on there as I'm getting older and, and that, and I know she's thinking, oh, would he just toughen up, right? We just naturally just kind of want to take care of ourselves. Well, the implied truth there is, guys, you're going to naturally do that. As much as you love yourself and care for yourself, that's how you care for your wife. The same, with this same amount of effort, with the same amount of concern, with the same amount of thought of how many times you're thinking, man, am I doing okay in this? And man, oh boy, this hurts and this feels bad and this, and everything that goes on in that, in that internal dialogue about yourself, that is what should also be equal with your wife and your concern for her as well. He who loves his wife loves himself. He who loves his wife loves himself. Well, how can that be? Well, again, back to Genesis, and the two come together. They leave father and mother, and the two become one flesh relationship. The two becoming one. It's no longer two people, but it's one entity. I'm a half to the whole. She's the other half. And so, when I love my wife, I'm loving myself. As much as I'm caring for myself and concerned about myself, so should also go to my wife. So what's that look like here? Here he goes, top five ways to love your wife. Top five ways to love your wife. Number one, know her. Know her. You're like, what are you talking about, Pastor Steve? Know her. Of course I know her. I was there at the wedding, right? We were introduced. No, know her. Really know her. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, husbands, dwell with your wife in an understanding way. It's knowing your wife. It's studying your wife. It's becoming a a student of your wife. Sometimes I I like to say it this way. I have a bachelor's degree. I've got a master's degree, and and I'm working on my doctorate in Tiffany, right? It's that constantly learning and growing because, oh, by the way, we've been married almost 32 years, and she keeps changing just as soon as you start to figure things out, man, she start, she's changing again and trying to figure that out. It takes time, it takes work, but to know and to understand her. After, after this many years, I can't even be, imagine being married for 50 plus years and, and, and what, what that, Lord willing, will be like. But, but, but yet, even now, there's so many things. I just know what's going to bother her, what's not going to bother her. She still surprises me sometimes. But, but it's just the knowing your wife, look, trying to understand, trying to figure her out. Number two, care for her. Care for her. One way we do that is, to, is by providing for her, meeting her needs. And, and, and a big way there is, is just in, in, in providing for the family and income and that. It's, a, it's, a, it's important. It's a big part of things. But that's not all of it. Provide for her physically. Care for her physically, but also emotionally, spiritually. Caring for in, in, in all aspects of her life. Sometimes that means even being interested in caring for the things that she is interested in, in and that she cares about. 
You guys all know the start of this week, I, I, I wasn't planning on preaching this message, right? Okay, filling in here a little bit for Pastor Tim. It's been a little bit of a rough week. I'm, I'm going to call this the, the stump point. Okay, stump point. So, a year ago, we sold our house, Peoria, moved to East Peoria, we bought this house, and it was a fixer-upper. And so we've done, we've done a ton of remodeling this past year, and I mean, just kind of gutted things and started from scratch. And we've had a blast doing it, and we do a lot of that together as well. And, but the first week we were there, last summer, there was this tree that was right up against our back deck. And we have a second-story deck with a patio below, walkout basement, you know what I'm saying? And this, this evergreen, this pine tree was, was right up against that. And it's about, I don't know, 12, 14 inches around. And it was like growing, and the roots were spreading out. I mean, these things got roots. It seemed like the roots were going out, not down. I'm, Lord willing, I'm hoping that's the case. But, uh, uh, but towards the house, towards the patio, the trees on the deck. So the first thing I did, I mean, it was two days we were living there. I went out with the chainsaw, and I cut this tree down, cut it all up and stuff. So uh, we've got this stump that's about yay big. And, um, and then we've been doing a lot of projects. And it's just sitting there. And, and there's a, in a flower bed there as well. And there's several flower beds out back there. And, and so we've been working in the house. We've been doing all these things. Well, the last month or so, she has started working on all of the landscaping back there. And she's been going from flower bed to flower bed and really making them nice. And, and, and we've cut down a lot of trees and stumps. I've been working on that. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm tired. I'm tired. Just wanted just a break and... God love her, she, she started cleaning out that flower bed with that stump set. She, never, she didn't really start off saying anything at all. She just started, pulling, it was that gravel. She's pulling all the gravel out. She's tilling up stuff. She's all around, in and around. And, and that stump's just, and I'm seeing it. I know what's coming, right? And I've already taken out a mess of stumps. I'm, I'm tired. Did I mention that? Just tired of it. And, and then she, then the other day she said, you know, might, might be kind of nice if we can get that stump. I, I tried. I said, we could put a bush right by it. We can hide it. No, it wouldn't look as she's right. It wouldn't. Last night she was out there. I'm preaching this doggone message on loving your wife. And she's out there with the shovel just digging around the roots. So I'm out there. <laughs> Cutting roots and axe and chainsaw and doing, I got this stump left. This is stump week. It's what she's doing. It's what she's interested in, making it nice. It's things like that. Caring for your wife. Number three, protect your wife. By the way, the provide, care for, protect. We're going to see this later in the passage as well. Both these points come from that, but protecting your wife, for sure, protecting your wife physically, that she's safe, in an environment that's safe, that she feels safe, but not just physically, but also emotionally. Part of protecting your wife, does your wife feel that she can share whatever, whenever, and know that she's accepted and loved? Protect emotionally, protect spiritually, 
protect and, and whatever the influences are in and around that, that, that keeping things and keeping whatever needs to be kept out in order to best foster and encourage her maturity and growth as a sister in Christ, as your wife. Know her, care for her, protect her. Number four, enjoy her. Enjoy her. Guys, have fun with your wife. Have fun with your wife. So many times as we get into things, like I said, we've been married a long time. Our kids are out of the house now and grandkids are coming back in. That's a whole lot of fun too. That's a side topic. But um, just having fun with your, you know, having some, some, a hobby or something that you guys can do together. It doesn't have to be everything. But, but actually enjoying and, and having fun with it. Sometimes just, even just the liking to of being together. One of the things we were in the car the other day, it made me think of it there is sometimes, especially when we're going on a trip and, and things, and if I'm driving, she'll, uh, and she'll go and she, she goes to take a drink. And I just kind of tap the brake. Okay, now you need to be careful. There's a science to this. You lay on the brake too much, water goes all down the front of her, you're in big trouble. I learned that the hard way, okay? As funny as you think it is, it ain't that funny to her, okay? But, but so now, after learning that lesson the hard way, more than one time, I now get it to, if I just kind of just tap the brake so that she does that, and then I get the look. Give it a smile, nod the laughter, just, just having fun, enjoying being together, those inside jokes, things like that. Enjoy your wife. Have fun with your wife. Number five, this is a big one here, kind of sums it all up here. Make sure, make sure that she is better with you for being with you than without you. Make sure that she is better Ensure that she's better with you than without. Make sure you're doing those things, loving your wife. Came across a, a, a news article that actually referenced, uh, it was a story that referenced something of the past here. And back about a decade ago, there was a story that ran, uh, it was internationally, and actually it was about a, a woman in Spain and uh, it was, uh, the, the article was about a Spanish woman who faked her own kidnapping to test her husband's love for her. That was literally the headline of the article, woman fakes kidnapping to test her husband's love for her. As I read through that story and kind of went back and looked at it, it kind of uh, just sparked my interest here. It says that the, basically one day she just went off and she just kind of separated and disappeared. And then she sent her husband a picture of her tied up with a ransom of 20,000 euros, okay? And so it's about, about $20,000 right now. It's about a one-to-one -one ratio here. And so it was about roughly $20,000, maybe $21,000 here for the ransom. And it said, no police. So there's a picture, $20,000, no police. Well, it kind of caught my attention because at first I kind of thought how sad, but then I started thinking about that and I mean, $20,000 is not that much. 
I guess that's what she figured he could afford. I don't know. But uh, sent that, and it said no police. Well, the police got involved and they very quickly found her, arrested her. She was driving around. She kind of came out with the story, I, I've just been released. And then it came out, no, no, no. And they, as they sat down with her, they said, why would you fake kidnap yourself? And that was the quote. She said, I, I did this to find out what my husband is willing to do for me. To find out what my husband is willing to do for me. Now, on one side, it also didn't say whether the husband was willing to pay the ransom. <laughs> Not sure about that. But I also thought, how sad. How sad. She was so desperate to know if her husband loved her. That she was willing to go to such extremes. She was actually charged for falsifying uh, report and all the stuff too and, and that. So uh, she got in some trouble as well. So let me ask you guys. How are you doing with loving your wife? How are you doing with loving your wife? If we asked your wife, what would she say? How are you doing at loving your wife? Does she see your sacrificial love? Does she have to wonder, guess about it, or does she see it? Jesus gave his life for the church, and, and I bet most of, most of the husbands here, boy, if you, if you had a gun to the head and had to make a choice, it's you or her, most husbands would be willing to stand up and trade places and say, I'm willing to die for my wife. But you know what? That's usually not the way it happens. Rather, usually, it's a hundred little things in a hundred little ways that we're called to die for our wives in sacrificial love. Are you willing to do this? Number two, point number two. A godly husband will leave his father and mother and celebrate oneness with his wife. Godly husband will leave father and mother and celebrate oneness with his wife. Verse 29 says this. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. You and your wife are one. There's the one flesh relationship, kind of just continues on with that understood fact of we just naturally are going to take care and protect ourselves, and, and we're generally not going to see a lot of self-loathing in, in there and and this one flesh. And so the idea is this, guys, husbands, when you hurt your wife, you're hurting yourself. Do you realize that? When you hurt your wife, you're hurting yourself, is what this verse is saying. Because the two of you are one. When you hurt her feelings, you're hurting yourself in the process. But rather, we should be nourishing and cherishing. The idea there is to, to nourish, to, to feed. To, uh, the idea there uh, with that word is, is to, to allow to mature. Kind of the idea of growing it. Providing that environment where it's just easy, where it's got all the nutrients of a plant that, that you would need to, to feed that, that plant, to, to, to get it so that it's easy for it to mature. 
to nourish, and then to, to cherish that, to cherish that. The idea there is, is uh, um, just to, to tenderly care for. The, the word literally, it gives the idea of softening, of softening, of, uh, that's the, that cherishing, to, to nourish, to allow to grow, uh, to, to feed it, to provide for it, and to protect that. That's a lot of times we get that. I said that was kind of two of the points were in there. Part of the role husbands are to provide and to protect, to nourish and cherish our wife. We uh, um, should be caring for our wife. I mentioned earlier, earlier on in, uh, in our marriage, one time we were getting ready, kids were little, and we were getting ready to go on a trip, and and. And I got all my stuff, I got everything, we got it right by the door ready to take it out and with everything else so I could pack in the stuff. And I'm just like, what is taking so long and, and whatever? And I finally said, hey, are we, are we about ready? Are we, are we done here? Very impatient, probably very much a jerk at that time because I remember she stopped and she said, look, you only have to take care of yourself. I have to take care of myself and all of them. I said, oh yeah, that's right. Maybe you should help with that, right? So the idea is this, guys, if she's not taken care of, you're not taken care of. If she's not taken care of, then you're not taken care of. Nourished, cherished, continue on, just as Christ does the church. Just the same way that, that Jesus does as he interacts and loves on the church, so as in husbands, because we are members of his body. And so you see there, the, the, back to that parallel, is Christ loves the church and the church is the body of Christ. We see that metaphor through the epistles as well and he's the head, we're the body. He's the, the groom, we are the bride. As he interacts with us, as he loves on us. And the idea is, as, as we see that, as we experience that, as it's modeled for us, and then, then we just, as, as we take that in, then it makes it easy for us then to give that back out to our wives and love our wives the way Christ does us. Because we're members of one body. We are unified with him and he cares for us. Verse 31, therefore, when a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife... So he turns the corner and says, now, therefore. When we see therefore, we say? What's the therefore, therefore? That's right. Literally, he's saying this. Therefore, because the two are one flesh relationship, because of this call to love our wives, because of all of that, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And so I said, referencing back to that passage in Genesis chapter 1, where we see, and a man shall leave father and mother, and the two become one flesh relationship. See, it starts off here as, as, as we have our kids and to the, the child, to the, to the parent here, it's, it, that's, that's their primary relationship, Right? And for whatever, however many years, as they're growing up and their mom and dad, and then it gets to the point where they find someone else and they come together. And at the point of the, the wedding then, when they get married, the two become one. They're leaving mom and dad and they're now establishing their new home. This was the primary. This now becomes the secondary relationship 
with mom and dad, and the primary relationship now is the husband and wife. This is something we, we, we teach us in, in premarital a lot, that this is what's taking place as, as, as you're getting married. And oh, by the way, then as you start to raise kids and, and, and all that, remember, the husband and wife relationship is the primary relationship, not the parent-child relationship. It's important. It, it, it's big. Man, we, we, we love our kids absolutely, but they're going to grow up and they're going to go out and they're going to be on their own and then we're going to be back with each other again. And man, we better be working on this relationship. That's the primary relationship. We leave father and mother and we become one family unit. That's, that then becomes that primary relationship. So for, for all of you parents and in-laws that we have, hey, this is, there's a great opportunity as, 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 as we parent our adult married children uh, to be able to, to come along and to assist and to help at times, to be an encouragement. It, it, it's great to be a support, but make sure you're staying in the background. It's not the primary relationship. For folks, uh, young people, as you're getting married, be careful keeping a dependence on mom and dad. Sometimes you see that a lot in, in, in finances as well. And, and well, we'll just, we'll help them out. We'll give them this, we'll give them this. And well, you give something, it's easy to have some strings attached to, tie, to that as well. And you see it, then a, a, a manipulation can take place in all of that, whether intended or not. And, and so we just want to be careful with that. It's the secondary relationship. Husbands, love your wife. That is your primary relationship. Stand beside your wife. Not your mom, not your parents. And the two become one flesh. And the two become one flesh. They're united physically. They're united emotionally, spiritually. Really the, the totality of things. The, the, the sexual connection is, is more than just feelings. It, it's really, it's the uniting of, of souls. When you're talking about that one flesh relationship, yeah, there's the physical part of things, but that's just a part of it. It's much, much broader, much more complete than that. It's all of the relationship. One flesh relation. Physical's a part of that as well. But. And so, just as, just as uh, there is unity between the husband and wife, so also there, there's unity then with, between Christ and the church. So that our hurts are Jesus, our Christ hurts. Our joys are his joys. We are tightly connected with Christ. And we see that modeled out. And then in verse 33 here, we see kind of the summation of this section and kind of summing it up both from last week and this week of, of this section, really from verse 22 to, through uh, this section here in verses 32, because we see here in verse 33, it says, however, let e each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So however, so back to the marriage topic here, off of you know, Christ in the church, now back to the marriage relationship. See that a husband love his wife as himself. Let's see that the husband loves sacrificially love 
his wife the same way he loves himself and see that the wife, did you see the next word? Respects her husband. Hmm. Well, now that's kind of interesting, isn't it? You know, notice it doesn't say, and that the wife love her husband. It says, and the wife respect her husband. See, once again, a part of the creation. When God created us, and he, and he also created, the first institution ever created was marriage. was the institution of marriage. That's why it's so sacred. It's the way God intended. He wired us in such a way that women just desire love and men respect. And sure, they're, they're, it's, it's a loving respect, and, and, and it's not that wives don't love their husbands. Let, let me just say it this way. The worst thing that a man could say to his wife is, honey, I, I really respect you. I think you're, you're a good wife. You, you care for all the things that you do well. You, you, you look after our kids and do just an excellent job with that. I respect you, but I don't love you. She'd be devastated. But the worst thing that a wife can say to her husband is, honey, I love you, but I don't respect you. Do you feel it, guys? You hear that and immediately, man, it just, <laughs> why? Because it, it, it's, a, it's a loving respect is, is really what, what we desire. And so we see this love and respect cycle. There was a book uh, a number of years ago that came out and some conferences and stuff we kind of talked through. It's based on this principle right here, this love and respect cycle. And the, the, so the idea is this, as we, as we wrap it all up here, it's this. Husbands, love your wife. Make them number one. Man, pour it on to them as you see Christ loves us, so that's the example. And as you do that, it makes it easy for, your, for the wife to respect her husband. And as the wife then responds and respects her husband and sees all that he's doing, it makes it easy for her to fall right in line and to sit under his leadership and, and then it back up to, and then it makes it so much easier then as the husband is seeing that and the wife that for him then to love his wife and to continue to, to just sacrificially give and care for her, which makes it easy for her to respect. And we see this cycle then just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper in the marriage relationship. That's the way God has intended it. But also understand that love and respect cycle can also go the other way as well. No love, no respect, no respect, no love, and, and can spiral out of, out of control that way. If that's where you are, how do you fix that? You ready? Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Sacrificially love your wife and just start doing it in big ways and small ways and over and over where she sees that and sees that and watch and see how she will respond to that. Husbands, love your wife. You know, I mentioned it before, but one of the other things, I uh, love doing weddings. And uh, one of my favorite parts of the wedding is uh, right at the very beginning, 
We'll be down front. The groom will be beside me here as I'm, I'm performing a wedding. And you look in the back there, and the bride steps up with her father at her side. And I, I like to always do this. And as soon as you do that, I kind of nod, and mom stands up. The whole congregation stands up. I like to look over at the groom. And almost always, the groom's got this big cheesy grin on his face. Sometimes it might be a little emotional, but man, it just loves seeing the look on the groom. I look back then at the bride, and the bride is usually smiling. There's usually a little bit of nervous, some relief, and sometimes a tear coming down her face, but and seeing the eye connection between the, the, the groom and the bride, it's just priceless. And then I look over at the, at the father and see the absolute look of fear and horror, it's fun because sometimes as they're walking down the aisle, I had my middle daughter, this where, man, she was pulling the whole way down, and I'm pulling back as we're going down the aisle. Pastor Tim was down front for that one as well, and I'm like, ooh, we're taking every moment right now. We're taking my time getting down there. But seeing that, they come down, they stop right in front of there, and then I got the big question. And what is typical here, the typically what, what, what we'd say is that who gives this woman to wed this man? And typically the response will be her mother and I. But I like to ask a, a second question, a, a follow-up question to that. I, I prep them ahead of time usually, but uh, I like to ask the second question. And the, and the second question is this. Do you lovingly, willingly, and totally transfer the authority and responsibility for her care and protection to this man. Do you lovingly, willingly, and totally transfer the authority and responsibility for her care and protection to this man? Why do I like that? Because that's what's taking place. That's what this passage is saying. It's a, it's a, it's a visual of leaving father and mother and the two becoming one. And that's what's taking place there. Husbands loving their wives as Christ loves the church. Wives reverence, respecting their husbands as the church to Christ. Let's pray.